It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And we are so happy it is football season. Yes. yes. I'm ready for fall. Tired of the hot weather. I know. Here in Georgia, it's not fall weather yet, though. It's no. still very hot. Now, it is cooling down a little bit, but it is still hot. I'm ready for all things fall. I don't get into all the pumpkin stuff, do you? But no, not no. really. I don't I don't really care for pumpkin that much, but I love all things this time of the year. Yeah. So speaking of football season, we're glad football's back on. We have right. something to watch in the house now, even though I was devastated about the game Saturday. Oh, that was a big upset for Alabama, right? Oh my gosh, it was awful. But they were playing they were, they were playing awful, so they deserved to lose. But <laughs> it was it was still devastating. Um Pace had his first football game Saturday. How did it go? It was good. They looked like the bad news bears, (laughs) but it was good. (laughs) Hey, we have had seasons of sports that were like that for sure. That's all I'm going to say. It was, uh, we got our butts kicked, but other than that, it was good. And I know Landon also had his first football game. It's both of their first years playing, but Landon did awesome, right? Yeah. So Landon is playing, he's in middle school, but this is like a, a junior league before it goes up into the middle school. So He's been at me for years to play football, and I keep saying, no, 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 I don't want you to play. So he finally wore me down this year. I feel like if he's going to play, this will be a a good year for him to get started before it's true middle school and bigger guys. And And they've been playing since they were like four and five. Right, because he's never played before. I mean, he's played a a league of flag football, but that's way different. So he – he is a natural athlete. Oh, he is. He gets it from he his dad. I mean, he plays baseball, basketball, football. He's just... And he's he, good at he's all good. of them. He's good. He really is. And so, he did very well. He played quarterback, and they won 40-6. to six, That's awesome. Um, on Saturday. So, that was really cool. He was very excited. So, he has caught the bug now. So, he's he like, wants go. to play. He yes. wants to be back on the field. Um, which, the game calmed my nerves just a little bit because... They weren't getting ran over a lot, so Just and I know wait, it may Mama. happen. I know, I know. That's what <laughs> that's I the keep only hearing thing about like, my It's child. not always going to be this way, <laughs> no. but it did at least calm my nerves a little bit. Uh, that okay, he didn't get hit too hard, right? But with <laughs> at him least that one game. being in that position, you know, he's going to take some hits. I know. That's what at least I'm. Um, I'm glad Pace is a bigger kid, so he's he's a lineman, so he's going to be the one giving the hits. I hope yeah. more so than taking him. It makes it a little easier for me. Yeah, but. Layden, he's just, he's great though. I mean, he's, he's a good, he's a true athlete. He really is. He is. And like he's got to pick a sport though, because he needs a scholarship to college, right? I know. I keep wondering that. And then I hear different studies that say different keep things. Keep them in different Like things. keep them in different yeah. sports, at least for now, because they focus on different things and that makes well, them a their very strength. good all yes. around athlete. So yeah, it builds, builds their skills yeah. everywhere, you know. I figure, because so. he... He'll play basketball in the winter, mm-hmm. um, but that's probably not his favorite. Yeah, 
he really just plays basketball because he loves his team. Like, yeah. his coach is great. His friends are amazing on that team. And, honestly, I don't want to pull him from that yet because it's if just, he, and if it's he's a great enjoying it, And he does like it. It's he, good for yeah. the kids to do it. That's what Aaron was telling me. We need to get pace in something, you know, through the fall. So, we may end up looking at basketball, too, which he's never played. But, yeah. Um, that was my sport in high school, though. Basketball is one of my favorite to yeah. watch. Like, to be at a to game. To be at a game, yeah. It's fun. I can't watch it on, like, TV, though. I don't get into no, NBA I don't, I don't watch stuff like that. But anyway, so, yeah, we – all sports. Yeah. All the time right now. It's fun. But it's been good. So, as we said last week, we are nearing the end of our time in Galatians 5, 22 Not and quite there yet. Not Almost there, there yet, but we're getting close. <laughs> this is like – second to the last yeah. right so yeah. we're, we're getting so close um but as we began you know every episode in the series uh reading galatians 522 we're gonna do the same so let's practice together see if you can read this <laughs> along with me now but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness and temperance against such there is no law how many of you got that right how many did <laughs> Who all got it right? Yes. That's, that's right. Yeah, I, I keep um, mixing up a couple of them, though, even after we've been doing this I know. for eight weeks. I know. I, still I do, up. too. I, I get the long-suffering in some of them, and I'm yeah. like, darn, I should know this. <laughs> should what is wrong this. with me? Well, we are on our next-to-last aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, as we already said. So today we are studying the word meekness. And as we were planning out our time in this series, I have been so worried about providing enough content for an entire episode just on the word meekness. Because, you know, we discussed a few weeks ago, gentleness and goodness and meekness, they're all very similar. Um, as a matter of fact, some Bible translations interchange the words meekness and gentleness entirely. And if you've already learned what gentleness is, then how in the world can we provide enough information? But this is just how God works. I went on a walk earlier in the week as I was beginning to just really think and pray about where the direction of this episode is going to go. And the Lord just started giving me thought after thought of where meekness could lead. So I feel like now we have enough content that this is, it justifies a whole episode yeah. in and of itself on the word meekness. I know originally we were like, should we combine a couple? Should yeah. we? And then we just decided to leave them separate episodes and, and God filled in the gap. That's right. So first, let's take a look at the definition of meekness defined by Regent University. Meekness is essentially an attitude of quality of heart whereby a person is willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of someone else. In the case of us as Christians, this is God, of course. Mm -hmm. And Crosswalk.com says, meek is not so much an attitude toward people, but rather a disposition before God, namely humility. It's not something that we can earn by what we do, but rather what happens when we let go and turn our lives over to God. So a simple definition of what it means to be meek is gentle, humble in spirit, mild-mannered, and even tempered. But I think sometimes meekness gets a bad rap, right? I think so. Yeah. And I think we're going to talk a little yes. bit more about that as we go along. So Ashley and I both serve in our Wednesday night youth and children's ministry. Ashley more so than me. I kind of just fill in wherever I need to be filled in at. But one thing that our lessons, and I just kept thinking about this as I was 
um, putting all of this together is that the curriculum that we use on Wednesday nights for the kids, it always gives a sticky statement. And that's just an easy to remember sentence or phrase related to the lesson just to help the kids remember later on. So today we have a sticky statement (laughs) and that statement is meekness is not weakness. So I want you to say that in your hearts and minds as you're listening is meekness is not weakness. I have to throw in here because Leanne at church is amazing getting her littles. She's got pre-K and kindergarten and getting them to learn their sticky statements. Yes. And Aaron's got them marching every time they get out of class now. And she, they've got their little instruments (laughs) and they're clapping and they're they're clapping to their sticky statements. So this one probably meekness is not weakness. (laughs) Meekness is not weakness. (laughs) But now everybody's going to remember that now. Yes, you got to remember it now. Well, and that seems so elementary. You know, that's what we do for the little kids. That's what Leanne does for that Mm pre-K and kindergarten group. Um, But sometimes we just need to be reminded of the simple fundamentals in order to build on our teaching. So meekness is certainly not a word we would associate with strength, especially in our culture today. We usually consider the loudest person, the boldest Mm. person, the people who are tough would be the ones who are considered the strongest, not the ones who are reserved and mild-mannered. But meekness is great power under control. So you may think that you are strong if you can lift a lot of weight, maybe in your CrossFit class or something like that. But if you can't control your spirit or anger or even your tongue in times of adversity, then the truth is you aren't as strong as you think that you are. Proverbs 16, 32 says that he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit, then he that taketh a city. And that is powerful. A.W. Tozer says, The meek man is not a human mouse afflicted with a sense of his own inferiority. Rather, he may be in his moral life as bold as a lion and as strong as Samson. But he has stopped being fooled about himself. He has accepted God's estimate of his own life. He knows he is as weak and helpless as God has declared him to be. But paradoxically, he knows at the same time that he is in the sight of God of more importance than angels. In himself, nothing. In God, everything. Meekness is humility before God, knowing that we are only what we are because God has allowed it, but it doesn't mean that we live a passive life letting people walk all over us. And I think sometimes that's what the misconception is when we talk about meekness. I think so too, yeah. And meekness is also directly tied to our final fruit of the Spirit that we'll be looking at next week, which is self-control. Yeah. And I couldn't help, but when we were talking about this earlier, I couldn't help but think of... Love and marriage, (laughs) love and marriage. They go together together like like a horse and carriage. But in our instance, it's meekness and temperance, (laughs) meekness and temperance. You know, like they just go hand in hand. So um, next, you know, we'll be looking at self-control and we'll see exactly how they tie in together. But meekness is seeing an injustice or having a disagreement with someone, and rather than picking a fight to get your own way, it is standing your ground and remaining true to your convictions, all while collectively demonstrating all of the other fruit we've already discussed. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and goodness. I can stay true to my beliefs, but lead with love. I can stand my ground, but demonstrate kindness. We can disagree, but I can have patience with you. 
Once again, as we talked about in our episode on gentleness and goodness, it is not being a doormat. But sometimes it does require us to exhibit self-control and bite our tongues. The Bible says so many things about how evil our tongues are. Right. You know, for example, I, I mean, I've had this myself so many times. Someone sends you an email and it rubs you the wrong way. It makes you, it upsets you. I had this several times with work, you know, but you start typing back and you're just typing and you're typing and you start reading it and you're like, man, that Holy Spirit just starts convicting your heart. He starts nudging you and you're just like, all right, delete, delete. And you delete your entire response and say, okay. Yeah. Or thank you for your feedback or, you know, I'll take your words into consideration. That's what meekness is. And it's so funny because I just, I had a lot of those instances at work and I made myself read through because emails and even text messages can come across really bad sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I had a thing where I would read it back at least twice to make sure it sounded okay. And then half the time I did, I was like, no, that's that's not polite. Nope. I shouldn't say that. Well, and I even think, especially like social media, somebody will post something that we completely disagree with and we know that they're wrong. And our first initial response is to want to just blast them, blast them or attack them back. Now Mm -hmm. I have privately message some people, especially if I know that they are Christians and what they are sharing with other people that I may have a strong conviction about. And I feel like they truly are wrong, especially from a biblical aspect. But I always try and check my spirit. Is this just because I want to tell them that they're wrong or is it because I truly love them and I want them to get this right? Right. So, Hey, I just want you to consider this other aspect of what you're sharing. And what way are you calling them out? And I think social media is just giving people an opportunity to just be cruel. Right. And And that doesn't mean that we just passively let things go by Like you said, we're not supposed to be a doormat. Right. But we can call them out, Mm -hmm. but do it privately. Don't blast them on social media. You're not going to make a difference by doing that. And that is not demonstrating meekness at all. And it doesn't look good on you, on your part, to be be doing that. And the whole point is to, once again, as we've talked about, lead with love. That's right. And if we are just calling them out, yeah, what is your intention? What is the heart behind what I am doing? And always ask yourself that before you just jump to getting your point across. And that's what true meekness is. And that does require self-control and temperance. Yep. So the Bible calls Moses the meekest man. In Numbers 12, 3, it says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Which seems very ironic to me just because Moses did let his temper get the best of him. He killed an Egyptian Mm -hmm. and he also had a little temper tantrum with God by hitting the rock twice. And that ultimately kept him from entering the promised land. And yet the Bible calls him meek. But I just want to give some examples of how Moses demonstrated meekness. So if you need more of a study of this, the book of Exodus, even Numbers, talks a lot about Moses, especially as they were entering the promised land and all of that, or getting close to to that point, wandering in the desert for 40 years. But So, for instance, in Numbers 12, Aaron and Miriam, who are Moses' siblings, were talking bad about Moses and all because he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they Mm -hmm. felt like God should not be using him um, as he was using him simply based on who he had married. And the Lord became so angry with Aaron and Miriam, and he eventually caused Miriam to have leprosy. But the heart of Moses, 
he begged God in verse 13 to heal Miriam. You know, he could have been just as angry at her as God was, but he humbled himself before God on Miriam's behalf. We can also see in the book of Exodus in chapter 18 how the people kept coming to Moses for advice on how to handle disagreements. Mm -hmm. In verse 13 and 16 of that chapter, he said, um, when the people had issues between one another, they would bring it to Moses in order to inquire of God on their behalf. And this happened night and day. They were constantly, you think of all the people that were a part of the um, Jewish people that escaped Egypt. And of course, Moses was given the Ten Commandments and all of that, but there were still disputes among the people that they wanted to handle it properly, but they didn't know how. So they were coming before Moses and saying like, how can we do this? And so he would consider it and he would be the judge between the two of them. Even his father-in-law noticed that this was not sustainable for Moses, and he helped him find an easier way um, to put in place to be able to judge between the people. But that just shows the character of Moses. He wasn't complaining. Um, He truly wanted to be a help to the people, and he did it without complaint. Yeah, and it shows, too, that he took his father-in-law's advice, and he did set up some other elders and people for, okay, you go to these people first. If they can't settle it then come to me and right. I'll and I'll have the final say. But just the fact that he was meek and humble enough right. to allow that to happen and allow others to help. So we also have an example of meekness in Jesus. Jesus was brought before Pilate with accusations. He could have called 10,000 angels and annihilated every single person right there in anger and frustration because he had been preaching and teaching to them for three years that he was the Messiah and they were not listening. He could have shown them right then and there that he was who he said he was, but he didn't. He demonstrated meekness all while never backing down on what he had told them and taught on. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says, Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus tells us he is meek and lowly. He himself humbles himself to carry our burdens without complaint. In Philippians 2, 5 through 8, this describes the humbleness of Jesus so well. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was in the likeness of men, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Talk about the ultimate display of meekness and humility displayed by Jesus. He is God, equal with God, and yet he came to earth, clothed himself in flesh, and became a servant. That's what true meekness is, humbling ourselves to serve others. When Jesus came to earth, they were expecting a strong, valent leader, a warrior. But we know that Jesus often works in opposition to what the the world expects. Conquering through meekness, that's different. And that's what made Jesus stand out above all other rulers. I mean, from the beginning of of birth in a stable. In a stable, which is completely opposite of what you would think that a king would be born. The Messiah, the... And yet King he of humbled kings, Lord himself. Of Lords, yeah. Absolutely. So Jesus is not weak. He was not weak. He was meek. 
He displayed more strength than we ever could have by enduring what he did. And once again, meekness is not weakness. But you know, sometimes we mistake meekness as self-deprecation too. Meekness is also not self-deprecation. So what do I mean by this? I listened to a message this week by Dr. Michael Youssef, and he used an example of someone giving you a gift, and I thought this was a great example. So let me give you this example. It's just a simple illustration. Just follow along with me, and then I'll tie it back to what I mean by this. So I turned 40 this year in February, and my sweet cousin, Stephanie and Alicia, they could not make it to the celebration, but they sent me a beautiful necklace as a gift, and I wear it almost every day. I've gotten so many compliments on my necklace. I did not buy the necklace. I did not make the necklace. So when I get a compliment on my necklace, I don't say, oh, this whole thing, it's, it's all right, I guess. It probably needs cleaning or whatever. I don't do any of those things. But you know what I do instead? I brag about the gift giver. I say something like, it's beautiful, isn't it? My cousins, they gave me this for my 40th birthday, and I love it. It's beautiful, and I say those things because I am so thankful and appreciative to the ones who gave me this gift. So think of it from a spiritual element. Ashley, you are a tremendous singer, (laughs) and you may stand up in church, and you sing a song, and you bless someone during the service, and they come to you, and they tell you, Ashley, you did a great job. Isn't our first tendency to offer what we think is a humble response, like, oh, thanks, I, it was, I, it was, it was okay. all right, I guess, yeah. I did my, I tried, you know. Pretty and, much every time. Yeah. yeah, and then you also think, like, a teacher or something, someone teaches a great lesson, and they're given the gift of teaching, and then someone brags on them, like, oh my goodness, I learned so much under your teaching, and our first response is, well, I just, I did the best that I could. I just threw it together yeah. or whatever. And these are responses that we think make us meek and humble, but really they're just self-deprecating. But who gives us our spiritual gifts? It's God. God. Yeah. You know, think about your ability to sing. It's not anything that you have done within yourself that has given you this voice, but it's God that gave you this voice. You know, even sometimes with this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Our tendency, and listen, we can be very self-deprecating oh, in here. Yeah, you know, we we'll say something or we'll do something, and we're like, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe that God is using us in this capacity. But humbleness and meekness is looking at what God has given us. It's not being prideful, and there is a balance. We can acknowledge, though, that God was the one that gave us this platform. God is the one who has given us the the ability to sing or to teach or whatever it is. And as long as he allows it, I'm going to use it for him. We don't have to brag on ourselves, but at the same time, we're not called to put ourselves down, but we can use it as an opportunity to humbly give God praise and thanks for the good gifts he has given us. And that truly convicted my oh, heart. Yeah. I'm sitting here my, like, uh, Well, my first my, uh, mm-hmm. response to anybody is to put yeah. myself down. But then it's like, I am nothing in and of myself, but it mm-hmm. is God that has given us this platform. It is God that has given us any ability that we can to teach. And I know that we are not the greatest teachers or anything like that. But as long as God gives us a voice and he has provided a way for us, it's a great opportunity for us to point to him. To him. Yeah, back to him. Give him all the glory. Yeah. So what is the purpose for this episode on meekness today? 
The purpose is that we are called to live like Jesus, which will demonstrate meekness. And if we are living with meekness, that will let the world know that we identify with him because it's going to look so different from what the world sees today. Things like pride and arrogance. In a world where those who scream the loudest get heard the most, meekness will stand out and it's how the world will see something different in us. While we've taken some time to learn about meekness and the definition of meekness and what it means, we've also looked at examples of how to display meekness. But we see in Matthew 5, as Jesus began teaching the Sermon on the Mount, he opened up with what we call the Beatitudes. Verse 3 begins with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And he continues on, but not before giving a promise tied to meekness. The meek shall inherit the earth. So let's talk a little bit about what it means for the meek to inherit the earth. Well, Jesus is also sharing an excerpt from Psalms 37:11 that says, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. According to John Phillips in exploring the Gospel of Matthew, to inherit the earth means that when the earth becomes the visible sphere of the Lord's triumph during the millennial age, the meek will be its royalty. They are the ones that will reign with Christ. They are the ones that will inherit the earth. And what a promise that is. And it just reminds me of, you know, the teaching of the first will be last and the last yeah. will be first. You know, those arrogant, prideful people, yep. they are not the ones who will be ruling with Jesus. They are the yeah. ones that may be ruling now, but they're not going to be the ones that rule in the millennium. And what matters the most at the end of the day. Yeah. So always keep that in mind. So what is the challenge for this week? Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in bond or peace. 1 Peter 3, 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and and fear. So my challenge to you today is to be so confident in the teachings of God's word that you don't have to be arrogant. You don't have to be the loudest. You can lead with patience and love and knowing that others may not be as far along in their faith journey as you are. So humble yourself. Serve those that are in that are often the hardest to serve with meekness, but be prepared to give them an answer of the hope that we have that only comes through Jesus. I love that. I know that challenges me. This whole episode mm -hmm. has definitely challenged me to be more meek. So Tabitha, will you just close us out in a word of prayer? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you today and we thank you so much for your word and that your word is and how you explain things to us is opposite of what the world tells us. We don't have to be loud and boastful and arrogant, but we can be meek. And that's what's going to stand out in a world that is completely opposite of that. And so God, I pray that we'll just remember that in our walk with you and that we will serve you and lead with love in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope that you learned a little bit on meekness that you did not know. And come back next week as we talk about temperance. We're gonna be wrapping up the Fruit of the Spirit series next week. We're really excited about that. And 
what's to come in the podcast. Make sure you're following along with us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have not followed the show, wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple or Spotify, make sure you go and follow the show so you're notified as soon as the episode is released. Remember, as always, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.